Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. So if you have your Bibles, if you could open up to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4. If you already have your Bible, if you've already done that, you can also look back to where um, the soundboard is. And there's a dude with a hat that is doing the computer. And it is his birthday today. That's Jason's birthday. Happy birthday, Jason. Solid 51? 52? All right, good. Solid. All right. The reality is, and this is across the board, I don't know why it works this way, but everybody hates silence. If you get that silence, you feel like you've got to fill it, don't you? Watch. I'll show you. See? You can't, you can't do it, could you, Kirsten? Especially if I look at you in their silence. But we're talking about preparation. Not just preparation for Easter. There's nothing magical that's going to happen on April 20th. But it's a time that we celebrate what did happen, which changed everything and turned the world and us upside down. And this is a time of preparation for our life. And what we're doing as a community of faith is we're looking at Jesus in the book of Matthew. And watching how even he was prepared. And we're going to look at the silence that he went through. I don't mean solitude. I mean nothing coming out of his mouth. So um, let's look at Matthew chapter 4. Uh, 4.1. And we're going to look at just this one verse. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert so that the devil could test him. So, think about that. Jesus, who is God himself, had to be led. Now, if we stay on that too long, that'll make your head explode. But the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert. So there was purpose. Um, for, look at that. Where it says, see where it says, so that the. That's actually one Greek word. And that lets you know there's purpose behind that. There was a reason for Jesus doing this. It wasn't like Jesus said, I just got, I got to get away. I just, I need a break. It wasn't his spirit. It wasn't him himself saying, I got to get away. This was the Holy Spirit. So this is a, a divine solitude that he went into. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert. And some of your um, translations will say, led Jesus up. And the reason it said led him up is because where he was going up into the Judean, Judean wilderness was actually up. It was the high desert. So he was led it up into the high desert. But he was led to the desert. Why the desert? I don't think many of you are like, you know what, i got to get away. I've got to find some sand and some rocks and some heat and no one else around. But in the desert, nobody else was around. So we know that Jesus, and this is prior to his ministry. 
Okay, this is before he is set out. So before he's set out, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus, the Son of God, all divine yet also all human, into the desert so that the devil could test him. And the whole time that Jesus was here, you might have heard someone teach on this before. I'm, I'm going to teach on something that you've probably never heard of because I've never heard it and I've never thought about it until this time. Jesus, while he's in the desert for these 40 days, doesn't use his mouth at all. I mean, he doesn't eat, but there's no need for him to speak. This isn't like uh, Castaway, where there's a little volleyball, Wilson, and he's talking to it. Like, he's alone by himself, and he's given by the Holy Spirit the discipline of being silent. And yet, when we think about that, like, think about that for preparation. If you had to be silent, we are scared to death of silence. Right, Kirsten? We all are. I could see it in your faces. Some of you started, if I looked at you, you'd look away. If you're talking to somebody, and then they just don't answer you back, and they just keep looking at you, don't you feel like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? They're not talking. They're not talking. I better keep talking. I got to fill the space. We are petrified. Of silence, But what we should be petrified of is speaking. We are absolutely, if you, I was talking to Stefan about this, they're training the care ministers. Okay, so one of the things that you'll do if you're a care minister, you all are doing this, by the way, you're all care ministers, you're all people. If you're a human being, God has created you to minister. That word minister means to serve others. And so you are going to have friends that are sick. You are going to have friends that are going through tough times. And when you go and sit with him, and they're quiet, and they're crying, you want to do something, don't you? The worst thing you could do is talk. But you're petrified of sound, so you just keep talking, hoping you're going to make it better. You want to know what's going on in their head? Because you know what this is like, because you've been in that position. Oh, oh, please, please shut up. Please stop talking. Oh, no, you didn't just say that. Okay, i got to keep smiling, but oh, oh, you're getting worse. Oh, it's getting worse. Oh, gosh, oh, gosh, oh. I'm not feeling so good. I'm going to go to the bathroom just because you want to get away from the words. Words have lost their value because we use them so much. We don't even live in a large metropolis. And yet when you drive, it's like you're driving through a dictionary. There's words everywhere. You got the radio on. There's words coming at you. So we just copy what we see happening. We're always talking. And... And we should be petrified of speaking and not petrified of the silence. Um, there were these two people that I saw, and I know them both. Um, you guys wouldn't know them, but I know them. And these two people, I, I was amazed that they ran into each other. Because they're two of the people I know that talk the most. I mean, they just talk, right? And all of you are thinking, oh, I think I know someone like that. No, forget about that. But these two people found each other, and they just started talking to each other. And I was amazed. So I sat there for as long as I could. Then I had to leave. I came back an hour and a half later. They were still talking, but there was no listening going on whatsoever. The one person was talking, and I'd look at the other person, and he's like, he was waiting, and as soon as the other person would breathe, ooh, then he could jump in, and he was jumping in, and when he finished, and, and she was waiting, she was waiting, and and then she was talking. And if you, if you realize this, we talk about silence. 
How often do you leave a conversation and feel like it was good? It's very infrequent. We've got all these methods in front of us that we use for communicating. Now we've got phones. So if we can't get the word out, now we can text it out. Boom, we can tweet it out. We can Facebook. I got to get on. Oh, someone said something to me. I just had my birthday. And then on Facebook, it said all these happy birthdays. Like, I've got to say something back. I've got to say something back. I've got to say something back. Otherwise, people are going to be, oh, you didn't say anything. You didn't say anything. I said happy birthday. Why didn't you say happy birthday back? Do you understand what I'm talking about? You do because we live in this culture of words. And so words have lost their purpose. Jesus, before he was led out to do ministry, was led into silence. Why? I said that we need to be afraid of speaking more than we need to be afraid of silence. And remember, I'm talking about us speaking. This is not for you to use with somebody you know that you think talks too much. This is for you. Okay? This is, hey, you should probably podcast this. I think you'd get a lot out of this. No, this is for you. So let's look at the dangers of speaking. Scripture is filled with it. Um, Proverbs 10.19. A flood of words is never without its faults. St. Benedict, who was um, the uh, priest who started basically the movement in the West for monasteries, um, said that he, even when his order was told them to be very wary of even edifying words, too many edifying words, too many flattering words, too many good-intentioned words. It's not just the bad words, it's words. Be careful, because a flood of words is never without its faults. Psalm 39, 1 says this, I will keep a muzzle on my mouth. I will watch how I behave. And not let my tongue lead me into sin. When we talk about sin, that's one of those words we throw around and we we think we know what it means, but we don't know what it means. The intention of us, what God has designed us to do, is to love each other, to serve each other, to make life better for each other. Sin is the opposite of that. It's destruction. And so when we don't keep a muzzle on our mouth and we let our tongue move and we've all experienced this, the more we talk, we seem to somehow create more pain in other people than blessing. Now, there is a time for words, but it has to come out of the silence. We'll get to that in a second. That's, that's what I want to spend most of our time on. But I want us to also be very aware and conscious and let Scripture warn us about how dangerous it is to speak. This is a dangerous thing to have a tongue. Let's look at James chapter 3. And this is a long one. There's two slides, but I didn't know what to keep out because it was all so good. So talking about the tongue, James says this, or think of a ship comparing it with our mouth and speaking. Big as it is and driven by such strong winds, it can be steered by a very small rudder And it goes wherever the pilot wants it to go. So it is with the tongue. Because the tongue steers your life. The things you say can place you 
So it is with a tongue. Small as it is, it can boast about great things. Just think how large a forest can be set on fire by a tiny flame. And the tongue is like a fire. It is a world of wrong, occupying its place in our bodies and spreading evil through our whole being. Gnarly, huh? It sets on fire the entire course of our existence with a fire that comes to it from hell itself. If you're going to throw out the word hell, I want you to pay attention. Look at the rest of it, verse 7. We humans are able to tame and have tamed all other creatures, wild animals and birds, reptiles and fish, but no one has ever been able to tame the tongue. It is evil and uncontrollable, full of deadly poison. We use it to give thanks to our Lord and Father and also to curse other people who are created in the likeness of God. We need to be careful. We need to be very careful when we use our words and our mouth. They were given to us to be used. It is a tool that God has given us. And it was meant to create, to recreate. But when it's left untamed, when it's let loose, when we speak and we don't speak out of silence, then we cause destruction. We sin. So, Jesus was led into the desert. Now, if I am God, I'm thinking, that's 40 days. Jesus had a ministry of only three years. The Son of God who came to bring life and life to the full. That's 40 days we can't get back. Is that really the best use of Jesus' time? I mean, think of what else other scriptures we would have. Think about what other parables we would have. So why did God choose to do that? Send him away from everybody else. In my mind, it's like, look, he's been gone from earth for a long time. Why are we sending him to the desert? Because Jesus needed to. We need silence. We need that desert experience. So that when we do speak, there's value to it. There's a, um, someone that was quoting one of the Desert Fathers. There's, I don't do this enough. I should tell you the many books that are so influential. And, and most of what I'm sharing with you today is, is from a man named Henry Nouwen from a book called uh, Way of the Heart. I'm actually taking uh, the interns at Branches through it. Um, they don't know that yet, so don't tell them. But it's uh, Henry Nouwen's Way of the Heart. And what he's doing is he's talking about these, these men, these Desert Fathers, that, that the way Thomas Merton says it, they looked at life here on earth as a shipwreck. And they needed to swim to safety so that they could then come back and help others. And so they literally moved into the Egyptian desert by themselves. A guy named Anthony, from my understanding, is one of the first to do it. And so Abba Anthony went out into the desert to not speak. And... Eventually, people started going out to them because they realized the words that they did have to share had so much. And so Henry Nouwen says this, and I agree with this, and it actually has been a steering factor in my life, especially as a communicator. He said that we need to guard the fire within. And when I hear Jesus being led into the desert, I believe that God was also 
taking our Savior into the desert so that he could guard the fire within. And what I mean by the fire within is the Holy Spirit. And think of it this way. This is what um, someone said when they were talking about these desert fathers. They, They said, why is it that those desert fathers are like, they have a gate over their mouth? Like, what are they protecting? What are they not willing to let out? What is it that they're holding in? And one of them said it like this. He said, I think the reason that they're doing this is because they want to close all the windows and doors to keep the heat inside. Because if you just open up all the windows and all the doors, it's like a steam bath. You let out all the heat. Now, not many of you have a steam bath, but you have a shower that you sit in for way too long. It's your fault that we have a drought. Thank you. So you have this shower and you know what it's like. My daughter reminds me all the time when she's in there and we're getting ready. And then we open the door. She's like, close it, daddy. It's getting cold in here because the heat is leaving. Slow down and think about that for a second. How often do we just open the gate of our mouth and let all that heat out when we need to keep it in so that it can be used for when someone needs that heat, when someone needs to be warmed by the fire of the Holy Spirit, that you have it in there, ready to care for them. I know this truth for me. On Sunday afternoons, I feel like sleeping because I'm exhausted. Every time I have somebody come up and share, every time, when, when Tyler or Jer or someone else is leading worship, we warn each other all the time. When you leave, you're going to hear these voices. They're going to say, oh, you didn't say the right thing. You should have done this. You blew that. You did it all. It's very similar to what Jesus went through in the desert. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. You should be doing this. And when you, when you speak, like when I had a hairspray speak and then I had Jojo speak, like I didn't even ask Jojo, but I know what happened. You left exhausted. <laughs> and the rest of that day, it was different because something left you. And I heard what Jojo had to share. And I heard what Hairspray had to share. And I heard what Jesse had to share today. It was something valuable to them. When you get up here and when we ask you to speak, we know you're not excited about it Because usually when you come up here, you're here to share something of value. And when it leaves, it's like you open the door to the shower and you just go, oh, I just, I need to go rest. <laughs> and sometimes you literally go pass out or you're edgy the whole rest of the day because something left. We need to be very careful and guard that. We need to let it out because God has given us these words to share them. This is what Jeremiah said. He said, I have to speak. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. I have to let it out. That's what we mean by guarding that fire within. We need to be silent so that we can guard that fire within. I'm not talking about, oh, I need to get away. I need to go on vacation. And then you go away and you fill it like with movies or even books or alcohol or let's go eat a lot. I'm talking about a holy solitude, a divine silence. Now, I'm not expecting all of you to go, okay, I got to block out 40 days. I got 40 days and I got to go be silent. This is a huge step. But Jesus did it daily. He would pull away. Our challenge for this year for branches was 515. A minimum of five minutes of being alone with God every day. 
and 15 minutes during the week of being in the Word. It's not very much, but when you look at how much you probably usually do, it's probably fairly low. But that five minutes, that's kind of what we're talking about this morning. What if on a daily basis, throughout the day, you pulled away for silence? Or what if you actually tried to muzzle your mouth and not speak as much? When you think you're supposed to speak, what if you started to develop the lifestyle of not speaking? Yeah, you're going to scare people to death. Wait, shouldn't you be saying something? You should be talking. You're not talking. Are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong? But don't worry about their fear of silence. Worry about your understanding of the carelessness of our words. Because these words that we're talking about, these words were meant to create, to recreate. Think of it this way. Genesis 1 says this, that the earth was formless and void. It was silent. And God hovered over the waters. And then it says in verse 2, and God said. And when he spoke, things were created. And then he spoke again and more was created. For six days he spoke and things were created. And then on the seventh day, even God was silent. Our words are meant to create. Jesus went into the desert, I believe, because he also needed silence. Because he was going to be doing a lot of creating with his words. A lot of recreating in lives, including our lives. We are called to that. You were created in the image of God. God has given you words to create, to recreate. There's a reason why, there's a reason why I don't speak every Sunday. I'll hear people say, you know, I came this one Sunday and you weren't speaking. And then I always get this response, but whoever was speaking was amazing. That's all on purpose. You don't want me to speak every Sunday because I have to speak out of silence. Here's the other thing. Hopefully, you're never hearing my opinions because when I am up here to speak or wherever I'm speaking, I do my best. It's not good enough. It never is, right? But I'm doing my best to make sure that what I'm speaking comes out of silence and it comes from the Lord because you don't need my opinions. You don't need my thoughts We are all hungering for the truth. We're all hungering for God's truth. And if I'm always speaking, I'm going to become careless. And I'm going to start sharing things that are my opinions. I'll have people say, you know what? I really think we should talk about this on a Sunday. We should talk on this subject. Maybe. But here's the reality. I do not have enough confidence in who I am to speak about anything else but on what God has given me confidence in, in what I believe he has spoken to me. And I'm only going to hear that out of silence. And that is why when I'm not speaking for a while and then I do speak, I can even feel the richness in what I'm saying. There's something there. There's something more valuable. And my friends that usually come and speak, most of them don't speak all the time. And so the fire that they've guarded within them has been building up and building up and building up. And then they share it because it's like a fire shut up in their bones and they share it and then they go and fall asleep because the fire's left and they've got to give God time for the Holy Spirit to come in and refresh them. 
Think about how your marriages would be so different if you didn't talk so much. Think about your parenting, how much better of a parent you would be if you could guard what comes out. It is a battle for me. I'm a reactor. I see something and I want to react. And for some reason, I think this is going to help the situation. But almost always, it causes more destruction than creating or recreating. But when I'm in a good discipline and rhythm of being more quiet and listening, listening to the Lord, listening to the other person, then when I choose to speak, then creation can happen. Recreation can happen. I want us to look back again at Jesus here in Matthew 4.1. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert so that the devil could test him. And it's out of this silence that Jesus created. Um, I want to pray for us. I've already challenged you, but I want to pray for us because this is difficult. So I want to invite the worship team up. Um, And would you please join me? Uh, Could you stand? And we'll see what Tyler decides. He had a couple decisions he was thinking through on how he wanted to lead us after this. But I want to pray for us and our challenge coming up in being silent. Father, I think of John's words in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. God was the word, right? Father, we ask um, that you would create a community where we would challenge each other, encourage each other, give permission to each other to be silent. Not because we want the darkness, but because we want the light. Lord, we want you. We want you to fill that space. We want you to create and recreate. We want you to use our lives. And we confess that we we talk too much. But we give you that undiscipline also. Knowing that you can create discipline. That you can teach us to be patient. And to trust you rather than to trust ourselves. So we surrender to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.